All right, here we go, 8.40. Good evening, we're ready to get started. We are in Meseches Psachim, Daf Gimel, and we are starting four lines from the bottom of Daf Beis and Beis. Here is a very short summary of what we've learned. When do we do Bdikas Chametz? Based on the first line of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Or la'ar ba'asar. On the or of the 14th, we've gone through, um, to my count, we've gone through nine questions so far in the Gemara, trying to figure out whether or not we follow Rav Huna or Rav Yehuda, do we say that or means the morning, namely the morning of the 14th of Nisan, we'd wake up and do Bdikas Hametz. That's when you would do the 10 pieces of bread. Or do we say or is the night before the sheet of Rav Yehuda? We've seen one committed answer of night and all the other ones were rejected. We're going to learn a number, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five more questions in this area. And then we're going to be done with this conversation because we will have clarity by the middle of Gimel and Aleph as to what the answer is. We know the answer now because we've been doing it since we were little kids, but this is the background as to how we got there. Four lines from the bottom. Mesive, we know, um, historically speaking, that when we would get to Rosh Chodesh, that they would be Masi and Masuos. They would, on the hilltops, they would kind of make these fires, and then everyone would know that it, that it was Mekadesh HaChodesh, that it is now, they, they had the Edim to testify that we are now starting a new Rosh Chodesh. So when do we do the, the Masuos? When do we make these fires? Ein Masu and Masuos, Masi and Masuos, Ela, Ala Chodesh Shenira Bismano Lekacho. Only in a month, which is what's called Nira Bismano Lekacho, where it's seen in its time to sanctify. We're not going to go deep into this sugya, but enough to understand it. Rashi, what does that mean when it says uh, bismano lakacho? So we take a look at Rashi, six lines from the bottom toward the end of the line. Dibur Hamaschil, Ela al hachodesh shenir bismano lakacho, biyom shloshim shenir lakadesh. Only if it's done on the 30th day, that's when you see the moon. You see that that's when the Kiddush HaChodesh takes place, the Amasai. During that month, when the 30th day is where the Kiddush HaChodesh is now sanctified, the day 30 is Rosh Chodesh. Ve'emasai masiyan masuos, le'or avuro. What does Laor Avuro mean? Remember our question, what does the word Or mean? What does the word Laor mean here? So it seems to be the night after. That's what Rashi highlights here. It must be the night after. Alma, we see from here that the word Or is Ortahu. Says the Gemara, Shmamina. Very good. I accept. I accept your question. And Or is Orta. Or means night. Um, again, a support for what we are talking about. Let's talk about another halacha. We know, of course, that when uh, the Kohanim would do the Avod and the Beis HaMikdash, if they were to do so without Kiddush Yadayim Veraglayim, if they would do so without washing their hands and feet, they'd be chayv misa. A Kohen cannot do the avod without kiddush adayim v'raglayim. Now, let's say that the following took place. Two lines from the bottom. Meisve. Haya omeg kol halaylu makrival mizbeach. A Kohen's on his, uh, on his mishmar. He's doing the avoda the whole night. And he gets to morning. Leora. What does leora mean in this case? Uh, seemingly in the morning. Because he was up all night. And then it says leora. In the morning, leora. Ta'un kiddush adayim v'raglayim. Dibir Rebbe. Rebbe was of the opinion he needs to wash his hands again. Oh, so therefore, says the Gemara, oh, Rashaini. Says the Gemara, no, 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 no. no. We, you were doing good up until now. But here, this word is ora, it's not or. And therefore, you cannot use this as a question against our Mishnah. There are different types of questions. This is the question that gets, we're just shutting your question down. The question's a zero. Because we're trying to find out what the word or means, but you're bringing me a case where it says ora. So last line, Bezim and Bez says, oh, Rashaini. You cannot ask a question from there. The word ora does not mean what you think it means. Totally unrelated case. The uh, Torah speaks in Parshas Tazria about a woman who gives birth. Uh, I'll quickly read the psukim and then we'll discuss these halachos. I'm, I'm going to skip the first few. We just we know that if a woman gives birth, then if she has a girl, then all of the dam that a woman would see for the two weeks post-childbirth for a young baby girl, that is dam tuma. 
The difference would be if, uh, if, if a couple would be intimate at that time, they'd be chayv kares because she's a nida. That's totally not allowed. However, the next 66 days is what's referred to in halacha as dam tohar. That blood that exits from a woman post-birth, but not in the first two weeks, that blood is not dam nida. It's called dam tohar. And technically speaking, though we are not of such a custom, Technically speaking, if a couple were to be intimate, there's no isrkaris there. That she would have had to have gone to the mikvah in order to get out of the status of tumah. But the, the blood of those days is not damnida. So 14 days of tumah, 66 days of dam tohar, that's 80. And then, uvim los tahara, levein olivas, when she finishes her days of tahara, boy or a girl, tavi keves benchna ola, she should bring a korban. Fine. That's the backdrop for our conversation. Says the Gemara, last line of Beis Medbeis. Says the Gemara, Masiv Marzutra. We're going to ask a question from the from a source in the Tanoim. This source is a Gemara increases. We learned this together many months ago, more than a, almost a year ago, more than a year ago, a while ago. Or Lishmonim Ve'echad. All right, now we already see our question. What did we say that on the eighty-first day she brings a korban? Day eighty, that's still Dam Tohar. Day eighty, she's still Dam Tohar. Day eighty-one, says a new day. Day 80, if she, um, if she were to have a miscarriage that day, but if the fetus was old enough, then that's all considered part of one birth. She'd bring one korban. So that's what the Gemara says. On the night of day, after you completed day 80 at Shkia, now you're in the night of day 81 and she miscarries on that day. Do we include this in the singular korban on day 81 with the previous child? Is it one korban for two births? Or no, maybe the fact that she... That, that she lost this child after it says on that day, now we're in the nighttime of 81, now she has to bring a second korban, because it's a, we're outside of the 80 days. Because it said, the language of the Torah. So again, if the, she had a baby 80 days ago, she has to bring a korban on day 81. Now, after day 80, but before the morning of 81, on the or Shmon of Echad, on the night of 81, she was pregnant and lost a child, Rahman al-Litzan. Does that go back to the initial baby, and she only brings one korban for two babies? Or no, is this now day 81 in new territory? Machlokes in the Tanayim. Beis Shammai potrin mi korban. Beis Shammai says, we still link this loss of a child to the initial birth and only one korban. She's putter from two korbanos. Uveis Hillel mechaid. Beis Hillel says, no, it's a new korban. This is, this is, you're outside of day 80. And what's Beis, Beis Hillel's argument? Amar lehen, we're top of Gimel Amar Aleph. We're at the second line. Amar lehen, Beis Hillel Beis Shammai. What are you talking about? See the language there? What's the difference between the or shmonim be'echad? The night, obviously. We'll come back to that in a minute. But Beis Hillel's argument to Beis Shammai is Like He's like, what are you talking about? You're outside of day 80. Once you're in the territory of day 81, you're outside of 80. So he says, I don't understand. How can you, you can distinguish between the night of 81 and the following morning of 81? Im shiva lo Let's say that this woman went to the mikvah. Let's say she wasn't pregnant during the 80 days, okay? And let's say on the night of 81, she uh, she gets her or she gets her period. She's Tmehanida. That's not Dam Tohar. She's Anida, entirely Anida. So Basil says, Im Shiva Lolituma. If the night after day 80, if the or of, of Shwanum Echad, if that day is, is a day of Tuma for her, then why wouldn't it be the same status for a Korban? Of course she should be high of two Korbanos. Good. End of the Brysa. 
says the Gemara. The way that Beis Hillel argued the case, that because we know that the Or Shmon Echad is a day of Tumas, so to the morning, so therefore, Shma Mina Or Ortahu. Therefore, I see that the word Or, the way Beis Hillel used it, it must mean night. Says the Gemara, Shmamina. All right, things are starting to align. This is the third, uh, the third question out of twelve that has indicated that we hold that or is night. Let's keep going. Next case, there is a din in the Torah called Nosar. After certain korbanos, you are allotted a certain amount of time. For some korbanos, you're allowed that day and that night. For some korbanos, you're allowed the day, the night, and the following day. So we're discussing the latter. We're discussing a korban shlamin, and by a korban shlamin. You're allowed to have, let's say, uh, what's today, Tuesday? So Tuesday morning, I bring a korban. I have all day Tuesday, I have Tuesday night, and I also have Wednesday during the day up until Shkia. Says the Gemara, Maybe when it comes to the korban shlamim, yes, I have Tuesday day, Tuesday night, and Wednesday day, but maybe I also have or lishlishi the following night as well. Why would I assume that? Vidinhu. Whenever we see this phrase in Shas Vidinhu, you are about to see a Kalvachomer. You're about to see a logic that's presented by the Gemara. The word, the language of Vidinhu means we're about to present this type of thinking, says the Gemara. Zvachim, the type of korbanos, which are ne'echalim le'yom echad, they're allowed to be eaten that one day and the night that follows. Ushlamim ne'echalim yamim. And we know, like we just said, that shlamim are eaten for two days with the night in between. Ma'lehalan la'ila achar yom. Just like by Zvachim, we say that you get the night after the day. If I brought my Zvachim, if I bring a Chatas in the morning, I have all of Tuesday and Tuesday night, then Afkan, maybe here by a Shlamim where it's day, night, day, then maybe I should have the night that follows. Afkan, Laila Achar Hayom, I should have the night going into day three. Says the Gemara, you can't say that. Talmud Lomar, because of the Torah. The Torah says, And the Gemara teaches the word Yom. When it comes to a Shlamim, you're never allowed to have the night that follows. You get day, night, day, but not the night that follows. You get Tuesday, Tuesday night, and Wednesday morning, but you do not get Wednesday night, even though there is a din, even though there is a logic to say that it's somewhat comparable to a Korban Chatas, because the Korban Chatas gets the night after the day, so why don't we get the night after the day by Shlomim? Says Gemara, the Pasuk doesn't allow for that. This Brisa continues, and then we'll come back to our question. The Brisa continues about the Sreifa of Nosar, because we have to make sure that we burn Nosar so that no one inadvertently eats the Nosar. It's an issue of the rice to eat Nosar. So says the Gemara, we're about 10, 12 lines down, Gimlam, lines down on Gimlam. And Aleph says the Gemara, Yocholi Sarif Miyad. Maybe by a Shlomim, we should burn it right, right away. Vidinhu. And here's the logic as to why I would assume that. Zvachim. The korbanos that are ne'echalin liyom v'layla echad, you only get Tuesday morning and Tuesday night. Ushlamim ne'echalin l'shnei yamim v'layla echad. And when it comes to the shlamim, you get day, night, day, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday, day. Malahalan, just like by the korbanos, tekev l'achila sreifa, immediately after the night of the chata, so you get Tuesday night, Tuesday day, Tuesday night. So when that night's over in the morning and Wednesday morning, you burn it. So maybe we say over there, malahalan tekev l'achila sreifa, right after the period of time we burn it by the Zebach, by a Korban Chatzas, for example. Afkan here by the Shlamim, maybe we should have said the same thing. And when would that burning have been? Well, because a Shlamim is allowed day, night, day, Tuesday, day, Tuesday night, and Wednesday, day, the Shreifa would have been Wednesday, would have been Wednesday night. It says the Gemara, you can't do that. In Talmud Lomar, we have a Pasuk that rejects this idea. 
and another diuk from the same word, just a different din. You're not allowed to do sreifa at night. End of the b'risa. Says the Gemara, let's analyze. The way that we use the language of or l'shlishi, there's only one possible meaning of or l'shlishi. Because when are you allowed to eat a shlemin? Day, night, day. Tuesday, day. Tuesday night, Wednesday day. What is the next available slot? It's Wednesday night. So we know that or must be orta. Alma, or orta hushmamina says the Gemara, you're correct. You're correct. This is another raya. We're getting there. We're almost done. Another example. This one's a very simple example because we are familiar with the davening of Yom Kippur not too long ago. Tashma, first of the long lines, a third of the way down, a little bit more, maybe halfway down. Says the Gemara, quoting from a, what is this? Quoting from a brysa. Or shall Yom Kippurim ambi. I'll translate as night, because that's going to be the conclusion. On the first night, on the Mariv of Yom Kippur, that night, after Kol Nidre, or Sheva, we say a Shmona Esrei that has seven brachos in it, umisvade, and we say vidui. Shacharis mispalel Sheva umisvade. The morning we dive in Shacharis, it has seven brachos, and we say vidui. Bimusaf mispalel Sheva umisvade. And then we say there as well, we say a with seven brachos and we say vidui. Bimincha mispalel Mincha on the afternoon, we say Shmoneser with seven and we are misvade. Be'arvis, and on the mariv that follows Yom Kippur, mispalel me'ein shmoneser. Remember, we learned about this in brachos. What's me'ein shmoneser? Possibly havinenu, according to some Rishonim. And the havinenu is basically a distillation of all of the brachos between the first three and the last three. And we end with Baruch Hashem That's the sheet of the Tanakama. Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel Omer, no, you can't do that. He said Yeshua Vosav. He had a tradition from his from his forefathers, from his parents. Mispalel Shmona Asar Shlemos on Motzei Yom Kippur. You have to say a full Shmona Esrei with all eighteen brachos. Why? Because we need to add in the added aspect of the bracha batachonin. And if you say the Havinenu, there's nowhere to add an atachonantanu, and therefore we have to say a full Shmona Esrei. End of the brisa. Alma, what do we see from here? What is the first? Look at the first long line of the Gemara. Or shall Yom Kippur? There's only one tefillah that could have been referring to, which was Mar Yom Kippur night. So it says the Gemara. Alma or or tahu shmamina. Last one, and then we are just going to get to the punchline of the Gemara. We know it's a foregone conclusion already. Last try. Says the Gemara. Tashma detani debe Shmuel. Detani debe Shmuel. We have a quote from Shmuel, and what does he say? Lele. Arba'asar, at the night of the 14th, doesn't get more black and white than that. There's no confusion of the word or. We, we don't lack clarity. We don't have to ask, is or a descriptive word or a definition? We don't have to look at any of the sugyas. Everyone agrees and says the Gemara as follows. Alma or ortahu. Ella, bain ravhuna u bain ravihuda de kule alma or ortahu. They both really do agree. Hi, wait a minute. We started the Gemara in Daf Bezim and Aleph, and we said that one held it was Nagi and one held it was Lele. We said, we know there is something different between them. That's how we started. So how can you tell me that there's no Machlok? Is everyone's happy? We just spent a whole blot arguing about what the word Or means based on the fact that we said Rav Huna says that it's Nagi, that it's Day, and Rav Yehuda says it's Lele. Which one is it? So what, what are they arguing about? Marki Asrei, Marki Asrei. Nothing. They're literally arguing about nothing because in City X, night is called Naghi, and in City Y, night is called Leili. Be'asrei de Ravuna, in the city of Ravuna, literally the place of Ravuna, Karu Naghi, we call night Naghi, and Uve'asrei de Rav Yehuda, Karu Lele. Very simple. That's unbelievable. We just learned a whole lot of Gemara back and forth, 15 different sugyas and shas to prove whether or not the word or means what it means. We concluded and then said, by the way, 
The whole thing was a house of cards. Because at the end of the day, there was no question. Rav Huna, when he said Nagi, he also meant night. We just thought he meant day. But in his, in his city, the word Nagi meant, meant, meant night. So then asks the Gemara, okay, okay, can you just make it simple for us? Vitanadi done, two-thirds of the way down. My time of Tani Lele. Just write what you have to say. Why are you writing? Or don't make it difficult for us. Just write what you want to write. And here, and we'll go into some Agatha here, a beautiful Gemara, a very well-known Gemara, says the Gemara, we couldn't. We couldn't. Rabbi Yudha Nasi uh, was giving us a message. We speak in an elevated form. And even though the word Lila is not a bad word, it's throughout the Torah. We see it all the time in Brashis. Lila is not a bad word, but it's not as clean. With It has no negative references when you use the word or. The word Lila can mean, right? We have Vemunascha Balelos, the night's more difficult. We need Emuna. So the word Lila has a, a gentle negative connotation. And therefore, Rabbi Yudha was teaching us a, a very important idea. Yes, we took a blot to understand it. Why? So that we would understand the value of Lishna Ma'ayu Uchid Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, like the very early Amora Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, what does he say? A person should never let slip from their mouth something that's maguna, something that's disgusting. Because, as we will now see five or six examples where the Torah went out of its way to use real estate, which in the learning world is a big deal. We've made diyukim on one letter. We've made diyukim on half of one letter. We've made diyukim on the lack of a letter. So when the Torah goes out of its way by eight letters to not speak negatively, that's what it's teaching us about a Dabr Maguna, Shina Emar. What's the example where the Torah went out of its way? Eight letters, Shina Emar, 12 lines from the bottom. Mina behema hatehora, umina behema should be hatmea. But it says instead of mina behema, asher enena tehora. Why are you saying asher enena tehora? The animal which is not to say it's tame. It's much shorter. It's eight letters shorter to say tame. That's a beautiful raya. Rapapa Amartesha. I have a pasuk where I can show you that the Torah went nine letters out of its way to avoid speaking negatively. A person who has a zera emit at night, a mikralila, asher lo yetahor. Just right, asher yetame. Nine letters out of the way. Fine. Says the Gemara, Ravina Amar Eser. He says that previous example is actually 10 letters because Vav de Tahor. The word Tahor is Shalim. The Vav is actually in the word Tahor. According to the previous Shita, the Vav was missing. It was the word was written Chaser, just, just Tes Hey Reish, Tahor. We read it Tahor, but it was missing the Vav. And still yet another example. Ravachavar Yaakov Amar Sheshesrei. 16 letters the Torah went out of its way to highlight the value of not speaking Meguna. Shneemar. He Amar Mikra who Bilti Tahor, Bilti Tahor, out of the way. You're, it's, it, you're going around, you're going the wrong way. Uh, Bilti Tahoru, Ki Lo Tahor. So just say Ki Tame. Again, 16 letters out of the way. Beautiful. All of this is to not speak badly. But now let's elevate. Says the Gemara, 10 lines from the bottom. Tanya, Abraisa. Tanya, Debei Rebishma. La'olam Yasafir Adam, Bilashon Nikia. Not just avoid the negative, avoid the Lashon Naguna, but we should be speaking Bilashon Nikia, very refined, very clean. Azav is a person who has some type of disease. This is speaking of the male version where he has a, a discharge of some kind. This is spoken about in detail in Maseches Nida. And when he rides an animal, it says Merkav. Merkav, riding an animal. The implication, one leg on each side of the animal. That's what the word implies. You're riding a horse. That's what it implies. However, Uvi'isha in regards to a woman, Kiro'o Moshev. When it refers to a woman who's riding on an animal, it says Moshe, that she sits on the animal. Now, Rashi here writes explicitly, she's riding the animal the same way. 
But the language that we use should be more gentle. It should be more tsanua. So instead of saying merkav, which implies straddling the animal sitting right, right leg, left leg animal, right? By a woman, we say moshav. It's not appropriate to make, his, make a distinction here. Um, and before we go any further, Rashi here and the Rabbeinu Hanan will speak about this concern of pisuk raglayim, of ensuring that, that when we not only uh, speak about the way a woman would travel on an animal, but even the way a woman would dress is that there's no pisuk raglayim. This is one, one of the Mari Mekomos that people use for skirts is that there should be no piece of rag line, no separation between the legs, and coupled with another din in brachos of shokli isha erva, that above the knee is considered erva, we got into this habit of covering, of women dressing in a way where they would cover their, their legs at least up to their knees. Okay, so some, some of them are mikomos. Either way, that's uh, the sampling that Rabbi Shmuel gives from this brisa to speak Balasha Nikia, that when a man rides an animal, it's merkav, and moshav is a slightly more modest form of, uh, of speaking. The Omer, as well, we have another Pasuk, Pasuk number two. You should choose language of Arumim. Here, the language of Arumim is from the Shoresh of Orma, to be clever, to be creative. Find the right clever way to say what you want to say. And another Pasuk. The Omer, I always read this Pasuk wrong. Let me read it correctly. The Pasuk says here, um, here it is. Vidas Vasai Barur Milelo. Your speech should be, should be very clear. Barur. So then famously, whenever you see a, a proof that has multiple psukim, the Gemara is going to say, my ve'omer. Just bring me the proof from one source. My ve'omer. Why did you add ve'omer the next pasuk and ve'omer the next pasuk? So it says the Gemara, because if I only had the per- first pasuk, I would have made the following mistake. We are five lines from the bottom. Tema, hani mili that the only time we have to be concerned about this is with dine de but maybe by rabbinic issues, I don't have to be so concerned. There, we have a pasuk of which is from a pasuk in Eov, not in the Torah, but in Tanakh. And that indicates to us that we extend the need for lashon nikia, not only bedine de but even bedine de what about the next pasuk? Maybe we say only when we're dealing with halachic issues that are derabon, and that's when I have to be worried about lashon nikia. But outside the base medrash, stop! No big deal. I can speak without lashon naki. You have to make I did it again. What does it mean? You have to make sure that you speak clearly. That's why we have three different sukim to make sure that we know midah raisa, and. Outside of the learning world, you have to speak Naki. So that's what the Gemara says. But the Gemara is bothered by the sample that was given for Naki by Rabbi Shmuel. Because Rabbi Shmuel said that when we reference a woman who's, who's traveling on an animal, we say Moshev. Says the Gemara, that's not true. Three lines from the bottom. Merkav. What are you talking about? It doesn't say the word Merkav when a woman is traveling on an animal. That's totally not true. What do you, what do you mean? It says Kavna, which, which has the clear implication that they said, right foot on the right side of the animal, left foot on the left. We know they were traveling that way anyways. It wasn't, they weren't side saddle. They were sitting like people normally sit. They were covered, but they were sitting there with just the language. But you said, Rabbi Shmuel, that's the riot for Lashon Nikia. No, we have a Pasuk that doesn't say like you, Rabbi Shmuel. Says the Gemara, no, that Pasuk has an exception. Over there, there was a fear of camels. Last line of Rashi, The animal's very tall. We've all seen the videos. Umisyara shelotipo, and we're afraid that someone might fall off. Back in the Gemara, that's why urchahi. It's normal 
for a, to reference, even to reference a woman traveling that way on a camel to say Vater Kavda, that's not a problem. I, the Pasuk says, I have another proof for you against you, Rabbi Shmuel in the bride. So, Vaksiv, Vaikach Moshe es Ishto, Vespanov, and again, Vayarkivim alachamor. Chamor is not a camel, much lower to the ground. Your concern about Biasusa, the fear factor is gone. And it says, and it says, Vayarkivim. So, how does the Gemara answer? Hasam over there, turning to the top of Gimel and Bays. Mishum Banov. No, she's traveling with little kids, and that's we're referencing the children. Rashi says, Mishum Banov, Shein Zacharim, Kasav Lashem Rechiva. The language of Rechiva wasn't written for her. It was written for the kids. It was written for the boys. Fine, good. I have the Pasuk says, Behi Rocheves Alachamor. The full Pasuk here is a Pasuk in Shmuel. I'll just read it from the side here. Behaya Hi Rocheves Alachamor. She was driving, I think this is speaking about Abigail. Beoredes Beseser Hahar. And she's driving down the sides of the mountain. Behine David Vaanashav Yordim Likrasa. And she's traveling in a way where she's going to meet up with Davin and their men. So why, why over there, Rocheves Alachamor? She's female. We should be. We should have said Vateshavna. Why does it say here Rocheves? We should have said Yosheves. Says the Gemara. Hasamishum biasusa delelia orche. You know, it's traveling at night. At night, the road, the road can be a little bit more difficult to see. So it's because it was nighttime. Or another possibility. Maybe it was not because of that. Maybe Mishum biasusa delelia leka. Maybe it wasn't because of that. She wasn't scared of the night. She's fine. She knows how to navigate at night. Mishum biasusa de David Ika, but she saw all these men running up the mountain toward her. She was petrified. So the Torah, so the so the the Sefer Shmuel used the language of uh, of Rocheves. Vibaisema, so a third possibility. Ima biasusa de David Namileka. Maybe there was no concern at all about David. She knew who it was. But Mishum biasusa de Har Ika. She said, just a, it's a mountain. It's just sloped, it's very steep. And she's scared to fall off. So that's why the Pasik would use it. So now the Gemara is going to go back a little bit. You said that we should not speak Velashon Maguna, right? And what was the proof? That the Torah went out of its way to not say the word Tameh. But the Torah says the word Tameh all over the place. We just read it right now in Parshas Tazriah. It's all over the Torah, the word Tameh. So it says the Gemara seven lines down, What, nowhere in the Torah? Does it say the word Tameh? Come on, a basic reading. It says the Gemara, Ella. No, here's the rule. When it is the same number of letters, then you're good to go. That's when we're going to use the Lashonikia. That's when we're going to use the preferred language. Whenever one word is longer than the other, then we are going to use the shorter word. And this is like the Shita of Rab, Rabhuna quoting his Rebbe Rab. The Amri law, some say it was not that person, but rather Amar of Huna, Amar Rav Mishum Reb Meir, going back to the Tanoim. It's always better to teach concisely. Always. Rashi. Rashi says uh, four lines down in the midst of Dibur Hamaschil but we're in the fourth line of Rashi. Rashi says, Lashon Kitsara, Lefi Shemis Kayemes Girsa Shela Yoser Minha Arucha. Always better to give a short drasha, a Rashi that every pulpit rub should see. Short is easier to remember. And my Sheva Brachos, I'm sure I've told this before, my Sheva Brachos, Rabbi Barry Robinson spoke. He read a poem. No surprise, his son, Apples and Trees. He read a poem. And his opening to his uh, speech at my Sheva Brachos was long and bad, very bad. Long and good, bad. Short and bad, good. Short and good, very good. And then he opened up and gave like a three-minute Dvar Torah for my Sheva Brachos and then sat down. 
And that was his whole perspective on just Mamish this Gemara, that we should try to teach Bixara, we should make sure that we're teaching in, in as concise a form as possible. It's much easier to remember. Continues the Gemara, one third of the one, not even, about 12 lines down. Is that true that really when all the words are equal, when the words are the same number of letters, you always use the, the better language. Look at the second line of this page. What did we say? So asks the Gemara. Same exact number of letters. And what did we do? And you picked the one that was less modest. So why are you saying that? Answers the Gemara. No. Without the Vav. It was Chaser. So it was shorter, so it still follows the rule because when they're when they are the same number of letters, you're right. Then you pick the lashon kavod. But now that the word rocheves is shorter because the word is written chaser, so therefore uh, you should still use that word. A couple of stories. Hanu There were two students who were sitting in front of Rav, and they just came out of a very very difficult shear, probably Erevin. Chad Omar kedavar acher misankan. That shear was so difficult, I'm as tired as a dover acher, a reference to a chazer, a reference to a pig. No, it was a difficult shear, but like a gedi, like a kosher animal, Rashi explains the word misankan as a lashon of a yefus, I'm very tired. He didn't like the language of the one who said dover acher. It's a, it's a different level, a different, a different world, a different time. Another story. There were two students who were in front of the great Hillel. And one of them was the great Rav Yochanan ben Zakai. The Amri, some say that the characters in this scene were different. The Tanaim were different. It was Kami de Rebbe in front of Rabbi Yudanasi. And one of them was Rabbi Yochanan. And one of the students was. And we don't know who said what. But Chad Omar, one of them asked the following question. Now these two words, Botskin, Botsrin, and Moskin are both words of harvesting. But the word botsrin is a word that's used by harvesting for grapes. And the word um, moskin is used by harvesting for olives. So what do we see here? Why is it, and this is in fact the case, that when we harvest for grapes, it has to be bitahara. But when we harvest for olives, it's ein bitahara. What do we see? Lashonaki, right? Okay, look at the next example. Bichad amar, ma botsrin bitahara u moskin bituma. It's the same question, right? It's just one's written Belashon Naki, and one is written Belashon Ktsara. Which one wins? Beautiful question. Says the Gemara, Omar, whoever the Rebbe was, I, either Hillel or Rebbe Dona, so we don't know who it was. Omar, he said, Israel. I know that this person, we don't know which person, I know that this person, either the one who said Lashon Naki, or the one who said Lashon Ktsara is going to be a great Israel. And in due time, he was a great posseg. The Ran here, Vidapi Arif says, we don't know which person he was praising. The one who was Belashon Naki or the one who was Belashon Ktsara, we don't know. The Gemara doesn't say. And the Ran quotes this as a machlokas. We don't know, uh, in fact, which one is proper. Another story. There were three Kohanim. They're all sitting around and talking about the portions of Lechem Apanim that they got. I got a small amount like a bean. I got a relatively small amount like a Kizayis, but more than you got. I got like the tail of a lizard. Oh, that's a little bit out of bounds. Everyone else was talking in normal Shiurim. Cool. We've seen that word in Shas. Um, Kizayis is all over Shas and in the postgame. So come on. What are you talking about? Badku Acharov, they did some research on him. They questioned his yichus. Umitzao bo shemetz pasul. And they found out he was not a kohen yuchas. 
We know historically that there was a process. If you were a coin in the base of Mikdash, they vetted you. They made sure that you were a real coin. And you went back in time, Ben Achar Ben, to make sure that you were a real coin. So says the Gemara, but, but, but wait a minute. But Tanya, you can't check him now. Once someone has had their Mishmar and they've serviced the Mizbeach as a coin, we don't look back after their Yichus. So what do you mean that you did research on this guy after the fact? There's no research anymore. It's all done. So says the Gemara, no. It's not that they found that he was no longer a Kohen Yuchas. They didn't do research on him in that way. They found out that he was just Stama Balgaiva. Take a look at Rashi, immediately to our left, one inch up. Rashi, just a character. It was a character defamation. You can't do this. You can't have this job like that. You're talking in a non-modest way. It's not okay. Some say, in fact, they did go back and question his Yichus. On what grounds? Shiny Hasim Daranashe. He brought it up. He spoke in a way that wasn't befitting a Kohen. Something's off. So the Kohanim said, No, no, we, we must have made a mistake in this guy. So we're going to go back and look. Ben Achaben and Nataka was Shemet's puzzle. So two different uh, Shitas there. Last story of the night. Hahu Arma, there was an Armenian to have a Salik who managed somehow, he faked his way into eating the Korban Pesach. He got Psachim in Yerushalayim. Omar, he said, oh, look at me. Ksiv, kol ben nechar lo yochal ba'am. A goida writes, I'm a ben nechar. Kol arel lo yochal ba'am and arel. The onam hakachil, let me shufre, shufre. I am eating from the best of the best. So before we move on with this story, Tosfo says, wait a minute. This guy just walked up and said, I'm Jewish, and you gave him, <laughs> you gave him meat from the Mizbeach? Like, what? where's our ne'amonus? I can say as a mole, I deal with this all the time. I'm Jewish. On which side? How do you know you're Jewish? So I recently asked Rabbi first this question, and he said, we can no longer ask the question, are you born to a woman who's Jewish? It's insufficient. I ask families who I've never met before. Rabbi first is Jewish, and how does he know? Rabbi first is Jewish. So that's what I ask families. Are you born to a woman who's Jewish? Just like this, I say, I always ask this to families who I don't know. Are you born to a woman who's Jewish? Rabbi first said, insufficient. You should say to them, tell me about your Jewish background. Do you like candles, Shabbos, Kiddush, something, Atam? Because they know, they, the global they, the royal they, they know that there are Moalim who will not make a bracha on that kid's bris if the mother's a good. So um, I, pres- I hope I haven't been lied to over the years. I don't know. I don't know. But I do. I try to do my research. I, I find people online, make sure they're connected. I try, I try to figure out something. I ask mutual friends to make sure they're talking Jewish. Fine. You got to look at their language, look at their ksuba on the wall. Uh, I actually found out that someone was not Jewish from the ksuba on their wall when I went to do a pre-visit. I saw the ksuba on their wall. I'm like, oh, oh, I see your ksuba is very, she's like, she said, yeah, I converted with Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Karen, some, so-and-so from the Northern suburbs. Oh, okay. So then I told them I couldn't make a bracha and they, they refused to, to use me. I understand, not an easy conversation to have. So anyways, Tosfos here picks up on this idea. We're halfway down. Tosfos, Dibra Maskal, Va'ana Achil, Mishufre, Shufre. Tosfos says, Mikan, you cannot just believe anyone who walks up to you and says, No, that, that's not what's happening here. What was the state of Yerushalayim at the time? This is not a basic ne'emanus of this guy walked up and said, Jewish, can I have some korban meat? That's not what happened. The Kohanim said, he said he's Jewish and coupled with his statement is rove. Rove of Yerushalayim at the time was Jewish, so therefore he got the korban. Don't make a mistake. 
Not anyone who says they're Jewish is halachically Jewish. It's insufficient. So this is the story. The guy got to eat mishufre shufre. He ate from the best of the best. He got korban meat. And he said this in front of Rabbi Huda ben Becerra. Amrli Rabbi Huda ben Becerra. Mikasafu lach me'aliyah. Did they give you the tail? All of this we'll see is, uh, that's ridiculous. The tail is burned up on the, on the Mizbeach. Nobody eats the tail. It's, it goes up to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So he says, Mikasafu lach me'aliyah. They didn't give you the best part. So what did the Armenians say back? Amar lo. He said, they, 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 they didn't give me the good stuff. They gave me the shoulder meat. They didn't give me the tail. I want the tail. If, if Rabbi Huda ben Becerra says, that's the Schmidt, that's what I want. So he says, when I go there, I'm going to say to them, give me from the tail. That's what happened. When he went up to the base of Mekdash, it was, it was Pesach. Can you give me a piece of the tail? Cohen looks at him like, what are you talking about? That doesn't go to you. That goes to Kaddish Baruch. What are you talking about? They said to him, who told you to ask for the tail? Answers the Gemara. Amar Lu, the Armenian said, oh. Then everything clicked for the Kohen. The guy's standing there, he's standing in line. He's about to give out a piece of meat to this guy. He walks up and says, Can I have some of the tail? And Rabbi Hudabem Becerra was the one who told me to ask for it. The great Rabbi Hudabem Becerra, the Tana, he doesn't make mistakes like that. That's like ABCs. We make mistakes like that because we don't know anything about Korbanos. But he didn't. So what does the Kohen say? Amru, my high, they come on. Who is this person standing in front of me? Badku Basre, they did some research on him. Bashkechu de Armahu, Vikatluhu, and they killed him. The Rishon, you get to kill someone for life? It could be Gezel. It could be that we have by the Sheva Mitzvah, but they know that there's a, a, a very sharp consequence for the, even sharper than we have in our system. We get. We get punishments or for certain things within Yiddishkeit, sometimes Malko, sometimes worse, but by Goya, it could be that whatever you have to look in the Rishonim here. Anyways, they sent a note to Rabbi Huda ben Becerra and they said, Shalom Lach, Rabbi Huda ben Becerra, we wanted to send a Shalom Aleichem to you. You're in the city of the Tzib and you're not here with us in the base of Mikdash. And the net that you've cast has reached Yerushalayim, namely, you, are, you have a far reaching impact. You made one sentence. You said one thing to that one guy. We found out he was an Arma, that he was an Armenian, and he got the consequence that was due to him. We'll stop right here and pick up the Mirza Hashem tomorrow night at 840 with Daf Dalit. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Oh